Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast Show. I'm so happy you stopped by today. We have a great, great episode in store for you with Miss Rachel Waterman. So she's been on the show before. You'll definitely want to jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 211 to get all of the show notes and to uh, also check out the other podcast episodes that she's been on. She is such an amazing guest and she's tuning in all the way from Brazil, which is so fun. So uh, with Rachel, she is going to be talking about today why every grant actually costs you money. So why it costs your nonprofit money. Um, and you know you're getting a lot of money in the door with grants, but at the same time, what does it cost your nonprofit? Um, she's also going to talk about how to make sure to bring in money for core elements such as capacity building. And we're also going to talk about why it's confusing and how to kind of get over the confusion of programming versus operating budget expenses. So a lot of those get confused a lot of times, so we're going to kind of break that down. And then she's also going to talk about how to build long-term relationships with nonprofit, uh, with funding clients and with nonprofit clients. So if you talk about like those annual funding sources that give you grants, how you can keep those um those relationships built as well as she has her own grant writing company so how she establishes uh, relationships with nonprofit clients and then of course we're going to talk about how to build relationships with funders and that's really important because she is head of global development solutions where they have their gems program the grant writing made easy um, grant management system so you're definitely going to want to check that out she has a new launch of it actually out so she's going to talk a little bit about that and um, you can definitely grab a coupon at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 211. So once again, Rachel Waterman, she is a thinker, a published author, an award-winning researcher, professional artist, and mother of two with over 25 years of community development, grant writing experience, and more. So she's going to share her specialty today. And you're going to hear all about uh, what she's doing over there at GEMS and at Global Development Solutions. Uh, before we get to Rachel, though, today, I just want to say a word from our sponsor, Grant Writing and Funding. Uh, please do make sure you check out grantwritingandfunding.com and sign up for our free Hub Haven, where we have a ton of grant writing resources, nonprofit resources, and if you're looking to get paid as a grant writer, freelance grant writing service or resources, all for free. So every single month, I also update the curated resources in the Hub Haven. Um, we add uh, other elements in the Hub Haven and more. So if you want a space where you can chill out and where you can see a bunch of different resources, uh, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and get into it today. Here is Rachel Waterman. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. And to do that, today on the show, to help me along is Miss Rachel Waterman. Hey, Rachel. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I love it. And Rachel here is from Global Development Sister or Solutions. She has 25 years, so you have 25 years of grant writing, actually a little bit more than that, because I think this is your time before, um, of grant writing. 
<laughs> and fundraising nonprofit experience. Um, you're definitely have been, you know, in this world, you start, I know we talked, we came on the show before, we've talked about your ori origin story, right? <laughs> your origin story. Um, but origin also, story, <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> So if you guys want that, we can go back there. It's, it's really good. And, um, you know, looking at how you interact with grant writing is amazing. Your company, I love it. I'm actually a partner with you and your company as far as being an affiliate. I always promote it because I really believe in what you offer the nonprofit world and the grant writers, especially in being able to manage grants. Um, but a fun fact, I always love throwing this fun fact in. So you were also a mayor in Florida. Which is really fun. I love that. So welcome back, Rachel, to the Grant Writing and Funding Thank podcast. you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays. So we are recording this in December. So um, and we're both in tropical climates, of course. So our Christmas might be a little bit different than a lot of people in the U.S. mainland. <laughs> that looks like. Or, and uh, you don't have the Santa Clauses marching down the street in bikinis and a marching band. Do they have that in Guam? We have that in Brazil. Yeah, I, I would like that though. That sounds fun. We used to have um, pre-COVID, right? We would have the symphony play out by the beach and then we'd have the Santa come in with the carabao pulling him in this way. So the carabao was always nice to, you know, <laughs> stand on the carabao. There was like a water buffalo, right? So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you're tuning in from Brazil. I'm here on Guam. We're about to celebrate our Christmas. But before we get there, I've had a lot of questions about grant management. And you are like a queen of grant management and how to run that. You've developed software around that even. And you still even your business even writes grants like you do a lot of service writing for grants you're really in the nitty-gritty as far as like you're still doing the service work which is amazing so i am so so glad um and honored for you to be back on the podcast because you're so much fun and you bring so much value to the listeners and watchers out there so thank you again for coming on thank you it is deadline day though deadline day <laughs> You look amazing right? for deadline day. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as like grants, yeah, they are definitely closing up. We have a lot of things going on. And one of the questions I, for, that I got from one of my students that I wanted to bring up to you is about grant management. And I, But we are going to talk about you know, your grant writing strategies, because I love how you write grants and how you facilitate that movement. So I'm definitely, you guys got to keep tuning in because we're going to talk about your unique way of how you do that. Um, but as far as um, getting, getting the question kind of out there on grant management, one of my students asked, she said, hey, Holly, what if I have this grant come in? And I'm, I know I wrote the grant, super excited. It got awarded. But when I saw the actual contract, I said, oh, oh my gosh, can we actually really manage this grant? Is it actually worth it? There's a lot of, you know, stipulations in place. There's a lot of work that we're going to have to do. Does it really make it worth it? So how, you know, to kind of answer her question, maybe in a couple of ways, like how would you kind of answer that or what conversation would you have with her about that? A very delicate one. Mm -hmm. uh, this I think is a very, is an issue that you really need to, treat with a lot of, um, you know, uh, with a very delicate touch. Um, it's not a light decision to not accept an award. Um, if we're talking about seeing a contract that seems complicated to, um, to implement, to manage, 
perhaps we're talking about maybe a government grant or a larger type of foundation grant. And what I say to that is if you've, if you've managed to present yourself well enough to gain that award, um, the, the reality is, is you're already in a, a certain eliteness of a group right? Not everybody can get considered and get those awards. And turning back an award can have very long-term repercussions for the organization. So before making a decision to not accept an award, you have to really, really, really have careful consideration of that. And, and um, if so, is it because conditions have changed? What's changed between applying and receiving it? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's, you know, if there hasn't been any significant change, then what can you do to get ready? Mm-hmm. Does the funder have some additional resources? You know, maybe reach out to them, share some of your concerns. I really believe that if the organization, the donating organization, the funding organization gave you that award, they're seeing something in your ability to carry out this program. So if you haven't misrepresented yourself in the application, then perhaps on the back end, there, there, there might be a way that you're not seeing in the immediate fear, you know, the, mm-hmm. we all experience fear when we're moving on to sort of like the next level, whatever we're at and wherever we're going. And so um, just, just be really careful in, in, in um, knowing that the decision you make can have very long reaching repercussions. So make a wise one. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I mean, that's really insightful. And, and I love what you're saying about it too, is like, you know, you're looking at to say this, you could have repercussions like federal agencies talk or your foundations talk, you know what I mean? And they really went through a big process to award you that grant. So you know, and on the front end, in a lot of the applications in the fine print towards the end, um, <laughs> really couldn't say how they expect you to. Yeah, it's it's in there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was this kind of question was kind of after the fact, but you know, definitely we should be reading applications much more carefully. I mean, all of that information is always available, especially with government grants. And as you said, they go through a really complicated process to get to that. You know, it's gone to, it's gone through, you know, votes before probably a governing body. Um, It's gone into somebody else's budget already. Someone else didn't get that award. So you could get that award. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot on there. stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting too, because, um, and I like what you also said about there's a fear factor sometimes and almost all the time when, when people get, you know, you're so excited to get the award and then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, I got to do not just. Am I good product. enough? Yeah. Am I good enough? Can we manage this? It, you know, now we wrote this grant and we had, you know, Herman doing X and Y and Z. Now Herman left and <laughs> now, you know, there, there we are can't things. do it without Herman. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get it. Where is I he? Get it. <laughs> you know, but then it's like also um, have that conversation, like be transparent. And I always tell people, don't be afraid. Yeah, your funders don't want you to fail. No, they don't. <laughs> Call them up. Like the good old yeah. call goes a long way, right? Yeah. The good old email yeah. goes a long way. But 
I mm -hmm. when I was grant managing, I was like the what I would always be like right away is like calling, emailing the, the program manager um, on the other end, right? And just asking any old question, introducing myself. Yeah. The They'll tell you how to do it. And yeah, they will. Right? Especially government grants. They have a set way they want things done. I mean, all you have to do is ask them, tell, show me how you want it. They'll even give you the, they'll give you the forms, like copy yeah. this to do it like that. Like, okay. Yeah. And even there's growth. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love, you know, have the conversation, know that there's going to be some fear there and it's okay. Um, right. And then to, to also move forward and say, okay, then we do need to spend the time. Maybe we didn't even allocate that there was going to be time in managing grants because we're just looking at getting the program funded, right? Funding the program. And that can be another thing for your, the nonprofit to learn is there needs to be some cost within grants too, or within your organizational budget for the management of grants, right? For managing kind of that whole system. Can, can you kind of talk to that? Cause that's often very overlooked. Yeah, I, what I say to my clients is there's kind of no point in us looking for what I call money in, money out grants, um, money in, money out. There's I don't want to spend time looking for a grant that's going to give me money in for something that I'm going to now have to spend all out because it's a zero net gain for my organization and I've spent resources in pursuing the grant and managing the grant, reporting on the grant, et cetera. So every grant that comes in has to benefit the organization in some way. It either needs to help support um, things you were gonna do anyway, like a program, a program that's in operation that you are gonna run this program and you're gonna have these expenses for this program, whether this particular grant comes in or not, then that's what you wanna ask for some grant money for because you have those expenses and then the grant money can support the, the people getting the services and, um, and without placing more burden on the organization. Because what happens is if you get a, lots of money in money out grants, every grant you get actually costs you money to have. Yeah. And when you multiply that times a bunch of them, you're actually putting yourself further behind with every new revenue with every new monies that you bring in. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I think that's really the trick there is making sure that you're bringing in money for things, core, core program elements, um, or, or, you know, capacity building, uh, operational support, making sure that um, your, your program expenses are covered. Sometimes I think, especially smaller um, nonprofits or people not used to writing grants or budgets for grants confuse what a program expense is and what an operating expense is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, sometimes they, they don't realize that the staff person, your operation of the program is not an operation expense, it's a program expense. And so, you know, there's a lot of program expenses that funders will pay for that maybe you're not um, calling as such. And so therefore you're missing out on, on opportunities there. So, um, but yeah, I think that was, that was a long answer, right? <laughs> no, it was great. That was, it was perfect. It's also kind of answering that question that the student had in a way too, is like, maybe that was one of those money in money out. And now it's like, oh no. Right. So that's part of it too, is, is, is understanding that from the bigger kind of bird's view of looking at it and saying, 
what is the strategy then of our grant applications and what, you know, really looking at these grants to say, um, not just the funding available, right? Because a lot of stars in the eyes when we see oh, $300,000, a million, two million, and then it's called, you know, then it might be chasing the money because it's that money in, money out, and it actually might end up costing your organization more, like you said. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, and then how, then how do you kind of understand what is a money in, money out grant compared to, like, I know you guys gave a couple of examples as far as like, can it fund core programs already existing or something you already want it to do, but is there anything? Do you want like me to give you an example? Yeah. Yes. So like, for example, we are going to build um, um, an adoptive playground at our community center or something. And it costs a hundred thousand to build a playground. Yeah. Well, if you get a hundred thousand dollar grant and it costs a hundred thousand dollars for the playground equipment, all that was, was money in and money out. If you got a grant that covered your staff expense to coordinate the volunteers to come help build that um, uh, playground, um, the money for the inauguration party, um, ongoing maintenance, um, you know, the the cost of preparing the ground and all that stuff then you're only out the cost of the grant writing. And maybe as an agency, you say, that's the investment we're willing to make to have this result. That's totally fair. Yeah. But if you're money in and money out, just on, on then you're not even covering the real cost right. it is to do these projects. Mm -hmm. And so every project you do, you end up, you end up just sort of further and further behind and what happens with this is then you get a really big award and then you're really in big trouble. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot yeah, of- we, we had a situation, yeah. We had a, yeah, we had a situation once with a, with a client, they were looking to do this really large federal grant and it, you know, had a lot of zeros. And so they were like, wow, that's a lot of money. And um, the, the project they were designing would have doubled double their current um, client client load, or I mean, um, their client reach. And, but the dollar amount of the grant wasn't the same size as their budget. So I was like, how are you gonna double what you're doing now if you're not doubling your, your organizational budget? Mm -hmm. this, this, this might sound like it's a big grant, but it's not that big. So yeah. if it's costing you 10 million now to serve a hundred people, why do you think you could serve 200 for less than 20 million? You know, I know it's like, you know, $5 million grant sounds like it's a lot, but it's still going to put you, still going to put you backwards. So yeah. you got to think about those things. I, I like it's that. Dangerous thing. right. Yeah, it is a dangerous thing. And yeah, and I've seen that kind of like, woo, you know, certain nonprofits sometimes are smart that we don't want to grow too fast. We need to look at, you know, how this trajectory is going to go. And like you yeah, said, you don't want to give money back. No. You really don't want to give money back yeah. because it it makes it really hard for you to get it again. And yeah. yeah, it looks, yeah. So what happens when grants, so a lot of grants are seeing this, COVID kind of like was the equalizing factor in some ways because a lot of grants I saw come out were just like operational grants. Like they knew 
that yeah. needed support. But a, a lot of grants still don't offer, you know, they're not eligible for certain categories for that overhead, right? For now we're calling it overhead, but it's not really it's overhead, it's part of it. For um, personnel, sometimes they don't fund salaries, like National Science Foundation, really hard to find fund salaries, you know what I mean? Like there's certain grants in that won't do that and they're only gonna do a direct like money in, money out kind of program cost. So how do you manage those grants or how do you kind of view those ones? So, I mean, I think the first thing is making sure that your program budgets are as comprehensive as they need to be and that you're not, um, you're not forgetting expenses or misclassifying program expenses as operating expenses. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing, because if you have funders that are willing to fund their program expenses, you want to make sure they're all in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two is um, if you have a major funder um, that, or, or even if they're not a major funder, if they fund, um, they have funding restrictions, you need to map out those restrictions first, always map out your most restrictive funders, funders first and leave the more, um, the less restrictive funding to the end to sort of pad around it, right? Um, you'll have and you and you need to know what your programs really cost to run so that you're not getting a significant grant and then committing to running of a, a program at 100% if you've only gotten 70% of the funding well, unless you told that funder regardless of how much money i get from you i'm pulling this thing off at which point you need to have you need to have strong fundraising you know, donor campaigns, grants are not meant to be a hundred percent of your revenues. Mm -hmm. I mean, typically they're only 20, 20 to 30% of an organization's revenues, believe it or not. So you need to bring in these other revenue sources to supplement. The way I think about grants is anything you get in grant money, you didn't have to use your own money for, mm -hmm. but you should be raising money like if you didn't get the grant money, you would you you would be taking care of your core operations mm -hmm. through through your other revenue streams. Right. And when the grant money's come in, that gives you more flexibility to increase services, increase scope, um, develop new programs, uh, replenish reserves, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, no, I love that. Take care of your staff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. It's almost like the supplemental kind of monies that come in and that can be very helpful because the other thing with grants too is they have, they end at a certain duration. They're not, you know, most of them majority like are not long-term. They're kind of like the seed money, right. To kind of get it going. And then that's it. And it's then, a constant cycle. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the other thing we tell clients is don't, you know, when someone comes to like, Oh, will you write this grant for me? I'm like, okay, then what? Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's no point in writing a grant or being prepared to write a grant. That's not the way grants work. It's like a numbers game. It's a long-term strategy. And even, you know, and even I tell people when they come and talk to us, I'm like, what's your plan for next year? Mm -hmm. They're like, what? Well, you know, we haven't even contracted you this year yet. I'm like, I know, but you're thinking that you're going to get a grant writer for a year and then what? Then yeah. you think you don't need one. Then you're going to need one even more time in year two. Because you've got to respond to all the people that responded to you in your mind. You've got reports. You've got to go after your new fund. Every year, you have you have more to do. It's like it's uh, it's like never ending. It's just yeah. 
It does. So you've got to be prepared for it. Yeah, I love that you touched on that. Like when nonprofits are looking to hire grant writers um, or they have one internally and it's like, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's going to be an ongoing effort. The more grants you get, the more grants need to be managed, the more grants you then can go after. You're building your capacity, you're building your credibility, right? So you you're can- building your, your budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're gonna go after bigger ones that have more management that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like going in there then, as far as, because I see a lot of nonprofits like hire a grant writer and then when the grants get awarded, they're like, oh, now you can also manage the grants and be the grant manager, okay. right? Yeah. So like, can you kind of touch on that? Like, is that a good move or is that just a short-term move? Should there be a separation of grant manager and grant writer at some point? Kind of talk on, on that. You know, I think, I think different agencies have different needs yeah. and different grant writers have, are, you know, are open to providing different levels of service. In my grant writing firm, we do handle the, handle the grant post-award grant management. Um, we prefer to do that because I truly believe that my ability to get a grant next year has much more to do with the reporting and the relationship that is constructed this year while I'm a grantee than it does with what I write on next year's application. And so for me as a professional, um, I look, I prefer to have more long-term arrangements with my clients because I know that grant writing is a long-term game and I'm building those, I'm building those revenues over time. And so for me, I, I like to control it because then, you know, if I'm writing a grant and then someone else is is writing the report and it doesn't sound anything like we said we were going to do or they're not, you know, it's not connected or they didn't spend the money in the right way or so um, I think that's really important to make sure that there is consistency there. Now, some organizations, they might have a system in place to make sure that gets taken care of. So I think that's what's most important is that is there someone there that's going to take care of the, the post award because the post award is when the relationship is really built. The getting the award award day is when it starts is when the work starts. It's not when the work is over. Um, and that's when the real grant grant writing work starts too, because you're, that's when you're setting yourself up for next year's funding, you know, yeah. repeat funding. Um, I personally don't pursue one-off grants unless they're for a particular purpose or a startup or um, we've been invited to apply because as an organization that's looking to um, fund programming, if that is what you're up to, um, you need you need consistent funding sources. And so the amount of effort I put into developing a new relationship, I don't want it to be over in one year. I like that. I really like that. And I like that your agency does that um, because, you know, as a one person show, like at a nonprofit, that could be a lot of work, right? You're a grant writer. Now you're also managing a grant as an individual. Um, I know that's what I was doing for a while. And I was like, this is not sustainable as a one person show because now you want me to write more grants and now I'm managing more grants. And now my work has like yeah. crippled, right? <laughs> so, yeah. and I think that's what happens is, yeah. is people end up stuck managing and and they're unable to produce proposals to seek new funding yeah. and you become very much dependent on the funding sources mm -hmm. that you have 
and your kind of all your eggs end up in in you know certain baskets and it becomes somewhat of a vulnerable position also for your programming i think it's important to have you know diversity and funding streams and making sure that you have revenues coming from different sources to create that program sustainability I love that. And I, and I love, let's just going back to your agency again, too. That's what you do, because um, as far as looking at, you have a team that can manage this, right? You have a team that's working on different aspects. So I know I said, oh, we're going to talk about your system a little bit, because I just, I love your system. And I, I talk about it to my different uh, freelance students, because I'm like, well, there's, there's, you can always think outside of the box, right? On how you're going to run your business or how you're going to do yeah. things. So do you mind talking about that a little bit? Because I think your system is so cool. <laughs> sure, sure. I didn't know that the way we did things was so different until I until we started talking to other people. But um, yeah, so uh, our team, there really isn't like anyone, any, we're not all grant writers. Um, mm -hmm. We all, we don't work on individual applications. We all sort of work together, what we do. Um, and we do it more like an assembly line if you would. Mm -hmm. So we've got um, someone preps the application and um, like gathers all the relevant information, fills out all the sort of standard information, looks up what we told them last year, what did we tell them on the last report, gathers all that in one place um, and preps it and it turns it into a Word document that's easy to work with because, you know, sometimes those forms are terrible, the yeah. online platforms you know, the PDF forms, whatever it is, puts it all and, you know, gathers all the attachments they ask for, and then they send it on to the writer. Mm -hmm. And then the writer reviews, makes sure we're using all the right things. They, they use all this information from the prepper to write, they write, and then they send it on to either a second writer, depending on the, the complexity of the application, or it gets sent on to proofing. And then proofers get it and they check everything. They make sure everything is consistent. And then the proofers send it back over to grant management. And then grant management, you know, make, handles the submission, records it in the system, makes sure the client gets their copies and everything's recorded and kind of all that stuff. And then, then we wait for we wait for our award letters. Yay. Um, but it it is. It is a little bit different because our whole team is involved in in all of the applications, mm -hmm. but um, it for us it's so much better because it's so lonely to do grant applications by yourself. Yeah, you know, like doing the budget, doing the doing the marketing materials, and you know, doing all the financial stuff, and uh, you know, all the program results and the logic models and. The, you know, and it's just, it's a lonely thing to have to have all those skill sets and do them all by yourself and, you know, begging your neighbor to proofread your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you miss like, cause it is, you'll go back and forth and maybe the nonprofit wants to change some things. And then you're like, did I change it in that section? Is it changed in this section? So having those other eyes on it and just to make sure like everybody kind of has, uh, you know, one thing that they're kind of concentrating on doing and then bringing it together. Like, I love that. And yeah, I love that. It's not, it's like not the lonely process. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we, we have a saying in our office that no one's done until we're all done. Yep. And so, you know, and sometimes on those really big apps, we're like, 
you know, day two, staying awake, we're keeping each other awake, you know, hey, hey, get out, wake up over there, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, but um, so it is, a, it, and it, it's nice because, you know, sometimes you just, you get, you get like a writer's block or you get tired or the numbers start dancing. And mm -hmm. um, it's really nice to have someone to say, okay, go take a nap or I'll look at it. And, and our team actually is um, in, um, in, uh, we span 16 time zones. I think it is 17 time zones now. So I can officially say the sun never sets on GDS. So that's also a really nice thing too, because we can keep the, we can keep the proposals moving, yeah. you know, it's so like, you know, even when I go to sleep, someone's working on it and it just, it moves things very quickly through yeah. the process. And then so, how many applications per year does your um, agency typically on average submit? Two to 300. Wow, that is super impressive. Wow, <laughs> the machine works. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and there's, there's four to five of us on any given day. So wow. it's, that's yeah. amazing. and you're all kind of got your hands on all those applications. So you kind of know everything that's going on, which is pretty cool. Mostly, mostly we try to keep it that way so that if, you know, someone gets sick, someone's kid gets sick, mm -hmm. you know, something comes up, you know, somebody's power goes out, storm happens, whatever. So that at any moment, someone else can just pick up and jump in and help get a submission in. Um, you know, it's always, it's about the submissions, right? Hitting the yeah. submit button. So we, we try to set things up that uh, we can always jump in to support, to make sure that we're, we meet all deadlines and um, we have maintain a great success rating because that's what it's about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and, and I at the end of the day, it's all about what you bring in. Yeah. Yeah. It's about funding those programs and really saying, and, and the other thing is from the client side, then do you typically only take on clients for annual contracts? Is that? I do. Mm -hmm. Which I is do. fantastic. Yeah. That's the way we operate. Right. Relationship building. And it's like, yeah, you want me to submit two grants? Well, how much statistically are we going to get then? Let's go ahead and create actually a, a like a strategy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's better, it's better for the clients and it's better for us. I mean, for the client, you're not going to, you're not going to write two grants and why would you spend the, the investment, the upfront investment it takes to write one grant with, after you produce all those materials and you gather it all and you create all that, that you could, you could really generate many more, um, grant proposals with not that much more effort, you know? And so you want to take advantage of those that economies of scale. And for us, it makes more sense because we're growing in familiarity with the program. We're able to research for you all year long. We're able when new and better opportunities come up, we can switch and say, oh, let's, let's get this one in, or this is important. Mm -hmm. It allows us to make sure that we're collecting. Cause that's kind of our firm's thing. We're really big about data collection and tracking program outcomes. And we can, we can make sure that we're helping our clients track their data, um, reporting it correctly to funders. Mm -hmm. um, that's what funders want to see, right? They want to see results. 
And, you know, there's a lot of people asking for money and they have a decision to make. Where is their money going to have the best, best impact? Where is it going to be the most meaningful to, to put it? And our job, and I believe through, through outcomes and measures and results and success stories is that's how we show our funders that this was the right place for their money, that this was a good place for them to get impact with their investment. And so we want to set all that up and we want to, the, the grant management period, that's, that's the time. That's what I, that's when you have your funders audience, right? Think about how hard we work to get our letter or our application in front of their eyes and get them to see it and read it and hear it. You know, once you're their grantee, you got a whole year or three years or whatever the grant term is, mm-hmm. you know, they, they got to listen to you. There's no reason for them not to li- open your email or read your letter or see your report. And um, that's your time to, to, to show them that they made a good investment mm-hmm. and set yourself up for a long-term partnership so that you can move on to other things. And, and I see a lot of nonprofits kind of drop the ball at that relationship building, you know? So I, I do see that quite often because it's like overwhelming. It's, it's in this other thing. It's, oh my gosh, now I got to scramble and put together this report and where it should be really, you know, utilizing the viewpoint of, like you said, is, you know, let's nurture. Now it's time to nurture because yeah, those funding sources, they get excited. They want to talk about your programs. They want to brag about them and say, look at what we're funding. Like, this is exciting. You know what I mean? They, they want to do that. But if they don't know about you, they're having to pull strings to find out what, how the money is being spent and what's happening. There's no relationship there, right? So I love that emphasis on relationship building because that's where you're going to get continued funding as well, right? So, or yeah. the sharing, oh, apply for this other grant. You know what I mean? But they'll share. This. Absolutely. Because yeah. your funders, especially government sources, they'll call you up and say, hey, we've got this other grant program coming out. Yep. They put you on the mailing list. They're the, they're the first to tell you to apply if you have a good relationship with them. And government sources, you can endear yourself to staff equally as with, foundations. Mm-hmm. I know when, when we have government grants, we make sure that we send our, our program administrators like pre ready stuff that they can use in their newsletters. Yes. So like, yeah. <laughs> and it, like, they love that. And it's so helpful to them. You know, we make sure they have some photos and we l- make sure they know that we have waivers and that they can use them in publications and we give them a little snippets and so good. And um, it's great because yeah. anytime they get to brag about you, they're more invested in your success, right? Yes. yes. They want to see you keep going. They want to see that. So it's not just throwing their logo on your stuff, but also I love that preparing like, you know, here's a press release or here's something you can include in your newsletter. And they will like oftentimes you can even be on webinars that they can like put the pictures on the webinar and talk about your programs and man, you're going to get more eyes on your, your nonprofit and you're going to get like a cheerleader in your corner, right? To really. And, and how many nonprofits just go randomly to city hall or county or state legislature and get on the public, you know, in the beginning of maybe this, this is where my, my time in office comes in. Right. But in the beginning of public, of, of government meetings, there's, or usually in the beginning, sometimes it's the end, there's always a time for public comment. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever got, if you get a grant from a government source, go to the, go to that governing board and get on the public comment 
and you're going to get two minutes or three minutes or whatever it is and be prepared to say thank you and give them some results. Tell them what you're up to. Tell them what their money did. Sometimes those elected officials, they don't even remember. They right. might not even, you know, it's, yeah. there's so much stuff going on. That's how you can get in their memory, remind them, hey, you guys did this. You made the decision to make this money available happen. And it, it impacted our community in, the, in these ways and show them pictures, bring clients, you know, yeah. and make them feel good about what they did because people want to feel good about what they're up to. Right. And guess what's going to happen next time funding comes around. It's like, Oh, we love that organization. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they're, they're, you're going to stand out and they need to talk about something. They, the help fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because a, a lot of those decisions they are made at the staff level. I mean, they're not, they're, they're approved by the governing bodies and, um, but the familiarity with the, with the programs is really stays at a staffing level. And so that's a really great way to, you know, to remind our elected officials and everyone else in the room and everyone that it gets broadcasted to who you are and what you're doing in their community. Oh, I love that. That's such a good tip. And that's such a, you know, as we started off the podcast talking about, okay, well, she's going to be talking about grant management. Maybe you thought just like numbers and data and all that relationships It's really relationships, but in order to keep up with the moving kind of tiger, if you will, there needs to be a system. And not only has yeah. your company created this, you know, assembly line kind of system to write grants, but the magic that you've also created is how to manage those relationships and managing those relationships can be as important as just knowing when that next grant's coming up or, you know what I mean? Those types of things. So you've created the system gems, um, which as I mentioned, I'm affiliate for that specific system because I totally believe in it, but I want you to talk about it a little bit and how that helps with that, that relationship kind of tool as well. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that you put it in that context because you know, I think on a superficial level, you can see it as project management or deadline management, but it really is relationship management mm -hmm. because um, the purpose and the result of managing your deadlines well and your follow-up deadlines well is developing a good relationship with your funders. It's about developing a reputation for the organization and credibility and, mm -hmm. and, um, and the, the, um, if nothing else, the appearance or the confidence of, of your capacities organization to meet your deadlines. And, um, and it's, it's even funny that you said that because it's, it's what we didn't realize would happen wow. by putting a system in place but did, you know, like we expected to save time. We expected to, to not be looking for documents or, you know, not miss deadlines and, and that stuff. But what we, what, what we weren't prepared for was what we found was after all that stuff happened and things settled in and we were using the system, you know, going on to year two, and year three was noticing our awards on behalf of our clients, increasing just based on the funders recognition of our level of organization that. That, that like created this sense of confidence for them. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we never missed reports. Why? Cause we had a grant management system in place that tracked our follow-up dates and when they were due and like by never missing reports, you're creating this really like great 
reputation and relationship with them. And it would get to the point where we knew we had a report due, but like, you know, the online portal, sometimes you have to do it on the online portal and the report isn't actually released for you to gain access to it. So it really empowered us to empower the client to say, hey, reach out to this funder because our records show we have an interim report due, but there's nothing, you know, open in the portal. And then they contact the funder. The funder's like, whoa, yeah, we're a little late this year. Or they're yeah. so impressed that we knew that we're waiting and we're ready. Um, and it, that coupled with good data, right? Yeah. Actually providing them with good results I, is, is like a, for me, I think is our magic. It's our magic recipe. But so we, we started to notice that, we were getting better awards uh, really from the funders, like just knowing that we were really organized that made them feel really confident with us. And then on top of that, then we started to have a few experiences where we were, we were the only ones that even remembered about stuff. Like even the funders did. <laughs> we had, we had this one situation where we were the only people that remembered to even apply. Wow. Funders forgot it was their deadline because they're like it was like new year's day and new year's day fell on a sunday and it was it had to be a mail-in and it was all this mess and and anyway long story short we dropped off our our um our uh, application to them and they were they were confused but politely said thank you and um after we walked out the door like 30 minutes later they sent out this mass email of which we were on the mailing list saying that they had um uh, postpone their deadline day and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we're like oh god they forgot about it <laughs> we reminded them so, so you know we were shooing for that money oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that though I love how like oh. the organization helps with that like that's amazing yeah yeah it really has and and I think it's um it's helped, it's helped um, us as a team and it's helped our staff, our clients yeah. because everybody's like, you know, especially for clients, we had this one client, she did not want to let go of her spreadsheet, right? Oh, yeah. You know, the magic, magic spreadsheet. And I told her, don't worry, I got it all in my system. You know, she would like, for the whole first year of my contract with her, she'd like email me in random times of the middle of the night. If she sees this podcast, she's going to laugh. She's going to know it's her. She's like, did we do that? I'm like, yeah, we submitted that three months ago. And that was the last time when she asked me about something in the middle of the night, we had done it three months ago. She was like, okay, I'm done. Got okay. You you can manage it. Fine. So, but it's, it's a real blessing because we, we wake up in the middle of the night sweating. <gasps> did I forget that? I forget that. When was that due? And oh my God. And, 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 you know, we don't deserve that. <laughs> we, we have bigger, we have bigger, you know, challenges and issues that we're trying to address in, in yes. this arena. And so, you know, having a system is great for your funders. It's great for your return on your investment, mm -hmm. but it's really great for your peace of mind. And you're just freeing you up to be able to like, think about other things. Yes. And I joke, but it's true. I've, I've taken a vacation now for two years in a row without my computer, which is something I never, ever thought I'd be able to do or say. So okay. we, you know, we deserve that too. Yes. Know? And I love that. So the system, it really, it can, all the applications, all the things, all the awards, everything is updated or uploaded in there, where you apply to, who the contact information is, everything. And then it automates to also alert you when the grant is due, when, it, you know, those kind of annual grants are coming up, when programs. Site visits, 
site visits, you know, reports, anything, anything that you have to do, you can put anything in there. And it can, it keeps all the stuff. So it's not like in a G direct drive. One place. One place. And then your clients also access that. So I had a lot of clients, Holly, I know you sent that, but I lost it. That grant that we applied for three years ago, like, you know, <laughs> so do you have a copy of the budget? Do you remember what we said it would cover? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yep, yep, yep. You have their phone number. Yeah. Copy the award letter. Yep. Yep. So that system jams, it, it it archives all that as well. It's also used as a library, which is fantastic. And that your clients can also access um, as well. So that's really wonderful place that you can have that you get out of that. Okay, now I got to dig into my files and find that thing for, for them, right? You know, that kind of thing. So really it streamlines an automation. I love, I absolutely love, right? So, um, and you guys have some great things coming up in 2022 um, as well for GEMS. You got GEMS 2.0 and you also have an app coming out. <laughs> you want to talk we about do, we <laughs> do, we do. Well, GEMS 2.0 will be out early, uh, early 2022 and lots of new features, exciting new integrations, um, more team communication features and um, several new features that were suggested by our users. We are very responsive to our users. Um, so we've got a bunch of new features coming out that were suggested by users. And I'm really excited about that too, um, because one of our, you know, our tagline is uh, for grant writers by grant writers. And it yes. really is by grant writers. They're sending in their suggestions and we're adjusting the system to accommodate um, as we can. And we have our mobile app coming out, which I'm super excited about. You know, I mean, everybody's worried about like, will it send me an email alert? And can I, can I integrate with my Outlook? But you know, who cares if it's in, in the palm of your hand, it's in your phone, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, integration is even like a thing of the past when you've got a mobile app. So I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, to be right in your hand and um, we, it's, we've it's developed and um, we're really excited about it coming out we're doing the last few little tweaks and uh, um, adjustments on it now but I'm super excited because um, you know as as you become more and more dependent on a system then you become tied to your computer and so by having the app and the phone is great you know I myself I'm always like oh I'm not I'm not in my office I'll check it when I get back and yeah. so this is really great you know now we can be like oh yep here it is here's that document yep oh I love that you know? Tag, tag you, go in, it'd be great. You can upload documents right from your phone, can wow. download them right from your phone. You ah. can change the status all from your phone. Hey, it's going to have your funder contact information. Just click on it, dial the phone number, wow. send an email. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. Really on that. That's huge. That's Thank a, you. That's a Thank big you. investment, I know. It's a big you know, to do those types of things. So uh, yeah, great kudos to your company to developing that Thank and to you. Really listen to the grant writers and to listen to their feedback, you know, and then to integrate that. So great things happening over at GEMS. Yes. Yes. Solutions. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I have to give kudos to the software team because, you know, they were never even asked to make a mobile app. They just did it because... 
um, they were so excited about it and was so excited about really giving grant writers power in their hands and freedom um, and to create, you know, to, to just reduce our stress level a little yes. bit, you know, yes. running from deadline to deadline all the time. And so I, it was very sweet that they understood um, the lifestyle enough to go ahead and do that with nobody even asking. So really yes. excited about that. And I love that because a lot of your ethos behind this too is to allow more freedom for grant writers, you know, and, and you have like, um, I know you guys get, we're giving out some swag, you're giving out some like eye mask and like the whole, like, where, you know, can we see it? She's going to put it out. Yeah, I love it. And you guys were wearing pajamas at the GPA conference just to be like, this is going to help you get a good night's sleep. So I love that kind of like that process behind it because it is, it's about empowerment. Really, when you create systems and, you know, we look at like, these amazing books like deep work or digital minimalism and all of that and and when you become more to tech it's it's to create freedoms to create streamlines to create automation so it can yeah, not to have another thing to do exactly exactly so it's i think you're doing this in a very smart way to allow more freedom in that um so people can actually focus on their work and then focus on the other things they want to do rather than yeah into an excel is a thing and <laughs> You know? Oh my God, the Excel spreadsheet. Oh, no more nightmares, no more Excel nightmares. Yeah. And the Google Sheets forever. But you know, I, yes, it really is about that because the grant writers are the the engine, the yeah. engine behind, you know, hundreds and thousands of nonprofits and all of their programming and all of their mission and the people they serve and the communities they serve. And the grant writers are just really burning out. They, yeah. You know, they get the burnout is super high in this industry. Yeah. And we are really serious about creating some tools that will help help the people who are helping everybody else. Yeah. We help the people who are helping people help people. Yeah. Help, right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yes. yes, we do. And you're doing a great job at doing that. So where can people Thank find you, you guys? They want to learn more about oh, yes. grantmanagementmadeeasy.com. There it is. I love it. It's even in the there name. It is. So grantmanagementmadeeasy.com. We'll also uh, circle down in the show notes as well. Some, some great links uh, for gems, for everything that Rachel's got going on. So any more uh, further uh, words that you want to share before we close out today on our podcast and YouTube show? Sign up for a demo. Um, give us your feedback. Um, we, you know, this is a community and, um, we're excited to be a part of the community. We've got lots of new, exciting things coming out too later in the year. I'm not even going to tell you yet. Well, I have to come back on. <laughs> yeah. Come back on the show. Um, you know, and then, you know, I kind of feel like we're, we're all in this together. If there is something that, um, I can support with, feel free to reach out. And uh, if you have wisdom to share, definitely do that too, because yeah. you got to grow every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming back on the podcast show with us today. And we'll be sure to get all the information out about everything you guys are doing. Thank you. Um, and congratulations again to your company as you're moving forward and just all of the great innovations that you're providing the thousands of grant writers out there to help reduce their stress and increase the funding for nonprofits. So thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you for supporting Gems and our mission. Absolutely. We know it. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Rachel Waterman of Global Development Solutions. For more information on all of the show notes, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 211. And as always, if you love the podcast, please make sure you subscribe and do me a big, big favor. Leave a review on iTunes um, as that helps other people find the podcast as well. All right, guys, I will see you next week as we will be talking to Jack Beck. You are going to love Jack. All right, so you're definitely going to want to tune in for that as he talks about how to actually manage a budget and how his nonprofit has started and been able to deliver services to bring in most of their their funding uh, versus grant funding until last year. So we're going to talk about that. All right, guys, I'll see you then. Bye.